The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome to the program. Uh, it's it's the final night. I can't believe how quickly it went by. Welcome to Passion, a show all about love, sex, and relationships. My name is Paris. I'm filling in for Dr. Lori. I have been filling in for Dr. Lori for the past two weeks because she is... Uh, well, she was on vacation. It's officially over now. She's going to be back on Monday. And while I've been keeping her chair warm, we've had all the regular guests and panels. I hope you enjoyed them. And tonight is no different. We're going to talk about sex in the news. I have a guest with me in studio. Her name is Davison. You've heard her before on The Passion View. But before I get started, I did want to mention a little something about Tom Armour. For those of you longtime CJD 800 listeners, uh, you're familiar with him. He is an acclaimed newscaster. He's been, you know, has a history, a long, long history uh, as a journalist in our city, in our province. And honestly, when we got the news, um, I didn't think I would be able to talk about him on that first night. Tom was one of the first people to really take me under his wing when I started my career, and especially here at CJD. And I wanted to do him justice. And I I was still, I felt like if I would start talking about him, I would still get emotional. And tonight I feel like I have my bearings straight. So you've heard a lot about him this week probably, but I just wanted to share a quick little story. Um, Tom was the kind of person who... I'm sure you've heard all week, was extremely polite. He was extremely old school. When he spoke to you, he looked at you right in your face. You can tell that he was a courteous person who was 100% paying attention to what you were saying. When it came to the work that he was doing, not only was he amazing at it, but he was so generous in teaching the rest of us who were just coming in. So I went to the Concordia School of Journalism, and I always like to say then I went to the Tom Armour School of Journalism, because when I was doing the overnights at CJD 800 over 10 years ago now, uh, he would be the person who would come in for the shift after me, and he was so kind in his way of critiquing and his way of helping me craft my newscast. And I'll be forever grateful for um, his patience. And then I remember that I was also, while being a newscaster, I was doing a lot of other jobs on the side just because I enjoyed them. And a lot of people would criticize me saying, you know, Paris, pick your career, stay in journalism or stay in radio, get better at it, stop with all these little side jobs. And he once said that you live, you work, you live and then you say a good night. And then he said that while we live, we might as well be doing everything that we wanted to do and not to pigeonhole ourselves and to limit ourselves to one thing that we like doing. So Tom lived and he worked and he lived and he said good night. And so we say good night. And on that note, we're going to talk about passion, love, sex, and relationships. Thank you so much for taking a moment to to listen to that story. And I hope that gave you a bit of insight into Mr. Armour. I hope he's resting in peace in my regards to his family. So on to the show. Davison joins me in studio tonight. She is a media producer, a content creator, and a host. 
There's so much to talk about, Davison. Welcome to the program. To wear online, isn't there many hats to wear online? There, there are, and you wear them all, I and do. you haven't pigeonholed yourself. N- n- not, not yet. Or no, maybe. but you have. You've you've adapted. Yes, I have. So, for those who aren't familiar, um, Davison is beyond everything I listed. She's actually a media personality as well because you get so much news coverage for for the work that you do. And we were talking about viral videos and how hard it is to make, but you've managed to make quite a few of them. So, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar to, with you and your work, I want them to get to know you a little bit, and then we're going to talk about who pays on the first date, uh-huh. what it really means when someone says they have commitment issues, and apparently half of millennials would give up sex before giving up Amazon. So I want to talk about all those things and then a list, 129 ways to get a husband. And this list was created in um, 1958, and I would love it if if you or any of our listeners would add to this list of ways to get a husband. Because <laughs> I think it could be pretty funny if we just create our own list as well. So first of all, what do you do online? And you are still part of Patreon. Now, there's so much to cover. So what do you do online? Well, I am, I guess I'm sort of a YouTuber, but now I consider myself more of a Patreon creator and an Instagrammer. Uh, we have to be on all sorts of platforms now. Uh, why I say I'm more of a Patreon creator, it's how I make my money. So basically, I have a series called Censored Uncensored, where I try crazy trends or make crazy trends uh, censored on YouTube. And then I charge people to see them uncensored on Patreon. Uh, I get into the media because I pitch my crazy ideas to journalists. So this week, I came up with the butt wreath. Do you want to know what the butt wreath is? Can we find that without being censored or bleeped? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So uh, you know how there was the ugly one boob reindeer sweater that went viral last, last year? Last year, yes. So I was like, okay, we've done boobs. Why don't I try butts? So I was like, I'll just cut a hole in my yoga pants and I'll make a wreath around the hole and so you can see the the crack or the whale tail and celebrate Christmas at the same time with a festive wreath. <laughs> and how did that work out for you? It worked out really well. It was covered by the Mirror in the UK and uh, Metro in the UK. I was talked about on uh, English radio. Um, and uh, there's a people- lot of cool photos you guys can see on my Instagram. So my Instagram is Davison Video, D-A-V-I-S-O-N Video. And um, yeah, people think it's hilarious. And I also made, of course, a video tutorial on YouTube and a short tutorial uh, uncensored on my Instagram. Of course, because you have to be on all platforms. But here's a question. You are putting um, your you're behind on my body online. And what is the purpose of this? Well, I mean, unless you're interesting online, nobody's going to want to talk about you, right? Okay. If my if if I did something normal, if I just took selfies of myself, there's no story in that. But oh my god, there's this new crazy trend where you can put a wreath on your butt and show up to that ugly Christmas party. Everyone's going to want to talk about that and be like, "That's ridiculous. I would never wear that." Right? So, I push myself to be, you know, uh, provocative because it's it's what makes for interesting content online. And you're not scared of the repercussions of having nude photos of yourself online. No. 
because I I have I know my limits. I mean, I I'll show my butt, I'll show my chest. I do not show my uh, vajoodle on <laughs> online. On passion, you can say vagina. Uh, I can say vagina. <laughs> yes, I don't even know what I can say anymore. But um, n- what repercussions? I mean, am I going to run for office? Hey, it's been proven. Even if even if you do have a past, I think that's kind of more provocative. You no, can still run for office. People have reservations about showing private parts online because it stays online forever. If you have children, if you know, I already have a kid. Right. He's over the age of 18. So and do you talk about this with him? Yeah, well, he knows what I do. He knows that he knows the reason for it. I mean, I'm a creator. I, 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 I'm, I'm an artist. I, and do you mind I'm a model. Has... So no, I mean, do I mind if what if, if he, sees he it? if his friends see it or if his friends say, hey, your his, mom does this? His friends are totally indifferent to what I do for a living. Okay. I think. Wonderful. Well, we're going to have Davison's take on who pays for a first date. And guess what? We also want your take. You are always welcome to join in our conversation. 514-800 for our texters. 514-790-0800 to join us by phone. Um, I, we're going to ask you who pays for a first date, what your opinion is on that. But there's actually research that discusses why it matters and what the expectations are from the person who's doing the paying. You're listening to Passion. We're on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. And tonight, we have media producer and host Davison in studio with us. And like I said, to join our conversation, you can text us at 514-800. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. I am sitting in for Dr. Lori because she's been on vacation. She's going to be back with you on Monday night. Tonight, we talk about sex in the news. In studio with me is Davison. She is a content creator, a host, a media producer. She wears many hats, but you can find her. Where can people find you again? On Instagram.com slash Davison Video and on Patreon.com slash Davison Video. And my videos are on YouTube.com slash Davison Video 1. I wear many hats and very little clothing. That's a very... Have you ever said it like that before? (laughs) No. I think that... I wear many. I think that should be your new tagline. You're I wear, welcome. I wear many hats. You can and very thank little clothing. You can thank CJAD eight hundred for that. <laughs> if you want to join our conversation at any point, it's five one four eight hundred to text us. We are going to be talking about who pays for the first date. Can you please tell? I would like your opinion on who pays for the first date. Text us five one four eight hundred because apparently it matters. Do you think it matters who pays for the first date? Yeah, I, I do in the sense that it seems like if a guy truly is interested in you, he will want to pay because it shows that he's invested in you. Really? Yes. Okay. Any guy that has not paid for me on the first date, it didn't work out with. Okay. So the research agrees with you. It says yep. research by Marissa Cohen in 2016 reveals that women believe that men who pay for a date are more likely to be attracted to them, yet men view payment in a different light. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. So basically it found that men who pay, uh, basically this is another research, research by Emmer Summers Al in 2010 acknowledged that abundant research indicates that heterosexual dating scripts remain quite traditional with the man expected to ask a woman out and to pay for a date. Their study further revealed that although modern singles believe it is appropriate for either party to initiate a first date, in reality, most men still do. They found similar results regarding 
deciding who should pay. While both men and women expect their belief in the appropriateness of either party grabbing the bill, they also both reported they believe the men should always pay for the first date. And they found that men have a higher first date sexual expectation than women. Mm. And this is particularly true when men pay for the first date. And when the date takes place at an apartment versus in public, such as restaurants and movies. Mm-hmm. That's unsurprising. I know how men work. I'm old enough to know this by now. I am more old school because I grew up when men were definitively expected to pay. I find, too, that whenever I've tried to pay my fair share on a date or pay for the meal, it turns the guy off. If you want to turn a guy off, offer to pay. Really? The majority of the time, yes. Unless he's a broke-ass, like, 22-year-old college student and you're his sugar mama. <laughs> really? It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn him off, yep. Yeah. Men want to men want to chase you. They want to impress you. They want to provide for you. They want to invest in you. So if you deprive them that opportunity, it just it it just ruins whatever dynamic exists. Is that sexist of me to say? Perhaps is it because of social social socialization? Perhaps, but I think there's some element of biology in it. See, to me, when I go on dates, if I just don't. Even if I like the person, I don't like them paying only because I feel like I owe them something and I'm right according to this research. Well, no, just because they expect sex doesn't mean you have to give it to them. And I think they like you more when you don't give it to them. They can expect it all they want. You just don't deliver. Yeah, They're ordering something for Uber Eats, but the order doesn't have to show up. Okay, so then do you let a guy pay if you're not interested and you know you're not going to see them again? No. I I will I'll pay my share if I know that it's not going to work out I will I will really? pay oh yeah for sure okay so is that the rule then is that a sign that you're not yeah interested? that's a sign hey guys if you ever take me out and I pay it's not looking so good this is we have a <laughs> we have our texter who says I agree total turn off if a woman tries to pay yep. it's a man's job to pay do you guys agree with that five one four eight hundred is it really a man's job to pay I don't think it's a man's job to pay but it's a signal. It's a, if you're looking for a guy who's serious, who wants to 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 get to know you, who wants who wants a relationship. Generally speaking, he will want to try to from the moment that he is first with you, impress you, and take care of you. It's a sign that he wants to take care of you. We have another texter, and I totally agree. Sex on the first date, and there's like tons of question marks afterwards. By the way, if you're just joining us, this is Passion. Uh, we talk about love, sex, and relationships every night. On Friday nights, we talk about sex in the news. Davison joins me in studio tonight. We're talking about the expectations that come with paying or not paying on a first date and who pays and why it matters. If you want to join in, the conversation is 514-800. And by the way, if you don't recognize my voice, my name is Paris Mansuri, and I've been filling in for Dr. Lori while she's been away. She's going to be back on Monday night after her much-deserved vacation. You can ask her about China. It's been Ooh. interesting. If you follow her on social media, you've seen the pictures at Dr. Lori Batito. Okay, so then if expectations are created, then... Do you go into the date with a mental, like, plan? No, I just see how it goes, right? You get to know one another. You have interesting conversations. I, I love how guys basically, a lot of the times, they'll hang themselves. I just ask them questions and seem like I'm cool. And meanwhile, I'm judging them the entire time. I'm really nice to take on a date. You, really, everyone should date me. No, don't ever date me. Well, then then we talk about gender roles, gender roles and how they've evolved. Uh -huh. And obviously the, the male, female or even in a straight couple, uh, in a straight couple, in a in a same sex couple. 
how does it work in that situation? Well, I, I can't speak to that yeah. because I've never been on a same-sex date, so I don't if, know. If we have any of our listeners who are in same-sex relationships, can you tell us about that experience, about what it's, about whether, you know, well, about these signals? Doesn't the data show that, generally speaking, in... in the same? Uh, no, that, that, that uh, homosexual relationships are, in a way, more egalitarian. Probably, but yeah. then what are these signals? Because as you said, a lot of people, like uh, our first texter says, total turn off if a woman tries to pay. It's a man's job to pay. So this individual is turned off. Mm-hmm. But if in a same-sex couple, then it's egalitarian and you split it, then how how do you get that signal? Because you said, like, for me, I, I like to pay on the first Stop date. Stop doing even that. If I, <laughs> Stop even doing if that. I do like the person. Stop doing that. But you're saying that it's a sign that I'm that I'm not interested. So I'm wondering if they're in same sex relationship, there are similar signs. It's hard to say, like, is it based on dominance? Who's more of the top? Who's more of the bottom? I think that's a myth. Um, We've had, we've had guests on the show with Dr. Lori who say it's a, it's a myth. It's, it's a personal preference. Yeah. Yeah, You can switch around, but it's not a hundred percent. No, but I I think I, I I had heard before that it's generally speaking more egalitarian. Uh, and, and, And I don't think gay men or gay women negotiate intimate relationships the same way that hetero heterosexual people do in because we've got also we've got all this sexist socialization or we've got all of this biology and this this opposite biology going on too okay uh so i, I it's different i think i don't know again i can't speak to it i i, I don't have experience in one it. thing you can speak on is children you have a son yes how did you raise him what do you mean about dating and I, I always let him making his own uh, or rather I always let him make his own choices he had a girlfriend for three or four years uh throughout high school and I think he just naturally wanted to take care of her so I think whenever he got the opportunity he would pay but it wasn't he wasn't expected to pay I didn't tell him oh you always have to take care of the girl you didn't, hit, no. you didn't teach him that no I didn't teach him that at all I think I just taught taught him emotional respect and emotional support in the context of a, of a romantic relationship and I guess money does matter but I guess when you're you're younger it's different I mean a high school relationship with you know, under the age of 18, it's, it's a different dynamic. What are they paying for at most, you know, like popcorn at a movie theater or like, you know, a plate of food at the mall. But yeah, first and foremost, I, I didn't, I never talked to him. It's interesting. I never talked to him about who should pay. I just talked to him about treating his girlfriend well. And he always did. Okay. So then if he's not getting, because in the older days or older generations, they're taught that the man pays, you know, it's, like this texture, it's a man's job to pay. No, I Do you feel like other kids his age were taught the same as he I, was? I well, were you ever taught? I don't remember my parents saying, oh, you have to make them, you have to make sure the man pays. My father was very adamant that if a guy takes you out, he should drive you home or escort you home. And any guy that wouldn't escort me back home after the date, my, my father would be like, dump him. He's, he's a jerk. See, he doesn't care about your welfare. <laughs> no, for me, it was like, get dropped off so they don't know where you live until... Oh. <laughs> and I will pick you par- up. Yeah, and your parents did not want you dating. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's not even that they didn't want me dating. Like, I was always concerned that, you know, you never know who the person is and how they t- would turn out. I had two friends of mine who had relationships go sour and the guy would just turn up at the house and I just oh. never wanted that to happen. So, yes. You... You pay for yourself and you drive yourself home. <laughs> That's part of my dating etiquette. You're listening to Passion. We're on every weeknight from 10 to 11 p.m. We talk about love. We talk about sex and relationships. Tonight, we're talking about all of that in the news. 
the latest research we're going to share with you, we're going to be talking about what it really means when someone says, I have commitment issues. We're going to talk about millennials uh, saying that they would give up sex before giving up Amazon which is interesting. We're going to get to, bo- to the bottom of that one. In studio with me, we have Davison. She's a media producer, content creator, and host. You can always join in the conversation. You can text us at 514-800. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. We are talking about sex in the news tonight. I have Davison in studio with us. She is a media producer, content creator, and a host. Welcome well, welcome back. Not really. <laughs> Continue being welcome. Forever. <laughs> How can people connect with you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Davison Video and on Patreon.com slash Davison Video for my uncensored work or on YouTube. Subscribe to me at YouTube.com slash Davison Video One. For anyone joining us to hear uncensored work, what does it mean exactly? Nudity. Craziness. Extended <laughs> versions, behind the scenes, director's cut. Okay. To clarify further, Davison is not an adult performer. No. She just uh, performs. Provocative artist. Exactly. Meme burlesque. Meme burlesque. Yeah. I think you've created a new art form. Yep. Okay, then. Um, If you do go on her account, be aware that you are going to see Belfies. Yep. Explain Belfies. That's a a Belfie is a portmanteau for butt selfie. And And I've been doing mirror butt selfies. So you can see my butt because I am taking a picture of my face, like a selfie, but then there's always a mirror behind me and I'm wearing t-shirts or sweatshirts backwards so you can actually read what's on the t-shirt. So you'll see like the the, the last Belfie that I posted, the last mirror Belfie that I posted was, uh, is it Friday? (laughs) And I'm wearing like cute little glasses. And. Can you explain what the purpose is? Because you do have a vision for this. It's not just randomly posting pictures of your bum. Yeah, no. Um, I'm eventually going to sell the shirts that I wear. Are you creating them yourself? Yeah, I'm going to be creating them. Right now, I'm going into changing rooms in, in, in various stores and malls. I've been to also Walmart. <laughs> I've taken tons of mirror bellies in Walmart changing rooms, which I think is a great story. And you post one a day? Uh, about yeah about one a day okay and they, they're just performing really well so i'm going to just keep doing it because people want to know you for only a couple things so i'm going to be known for my mirror belfies uh, while well, on top of all the other crazy stuff i do online that goes viral is that really a trick on social media to yeah. get known for your thing yeah have your stick have your look you know and, and yeah and people want a cons- consistency i think and algorithms reward consistency Okay. It doesn't necessarily need to be uni- nudity, but you no, can no, find not your at all. thing. You can find your all. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Though I would like to see a 400-pound man do a mirror belfie and send it to me. Please do that. Hashtag what? Hashtag mirror belfie at Davison video. Wonderful. Get out your hairy butt. <laughs> If you've been listening to our program, you know that during the first part, we were talking about who pays on a first date and the expectations. And we had a texter write in saying, did you know that in the European part of the Netherlands that the women there prefer to pay for the first date? And it's the opposite case in the Caribbean part of the Netherlands. And he's saying, thanks for a great show. And that's from Dan. Thank you, Dan. That was really interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't and it, know about that either. it goes about, you know, 
speaks about socialization and just cultural socialization, regardless of the era that we're in. Yes. I think in some cultures it'll be prevalent. Because I know I've lived in the Middle East and it is, and there they don't just pay for the girl. If you go out in a group, there's usually one person who will pay for the group. Whether you're five people or ten people, very, very rarely do people split the bill. Exactly. The times that you do is when there, there, there's a larger portion. So let's say you're ten people. There's like five or six Westerners in the group. Then they kind of get awkward. Yeah. So you kind of split. But if if the majority are Middle Eastern people at the table, one person's going to cover it. I always felt bad, but it was always like between three or four guys who would split it, and it's it gets very expensive after a while. I believe it. So maybe our way, I mean, no one's way is really better, but maybe financial peace of mind <laughs> if we could all pay our own way. So moving on, I wanted to talk about what it really means when someone says they have commitment issues. And this is an article that came uh, out of the Huffington Post, the online edition, obviously, because there is no other edition. It's the U.S. version. Um and basically, it says that, you know, there's this slippery term called commitment issues. It gets tossed around quite a bit. But what does it actually mean? And they say that the basically the article and the reporter uh, turns to relationship experts for some insight. So it says there if someone brings up their commitment issues, they're probably uncomfortable with intimacy and they're probably also uncomfortable with how fast things are moving in the relationship. They like you or may even love you, but they are concerned that they will not be able to meet your needs and expectations for commitment. And that's according to Samantha Rodman, who is a psychologist. Then there is, it could mean they have fears about being stuck or feeling suffocated in a relationship or that they struggle with ambivalence and doubt major decisions, including their relationships. And that's from psychologist Ryan House. Um, somebody else says maybe they have a tendency to gravitate towards people who are a poor match and the relationship quickly disintegrates. Or they are so deeply fear-feeling, or they so f deeply fear feeling rejected that they end relationships prematurely with a preemptive strike. In a nutshell, it typically means there is something about long-term intimate relationships that brings up fear and historically the fear causes the relationship to end. So basically... This is back to Samantha Rodman. She says, if someone tells you they have commitment issues, the best path forward is to take them at their word. So many people view it as a challenge and then become extremely disappointed and resentful when it turns out after a few years that the person did not, in fact, want to ever commit to monogamy, living together or marriage. Do you think it's possible to change somebody's mind when they say they have commitment issues? No. And I think anybody that self identifies as such is uh, not an ideal choice emotionally. I think you only get out of relationships what you're willing to commit to. If you are committing less than 100%, your relationship will not get 100% on the quality scale. So these people that have commitment issues, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot because they're not willing to put go all in. Unless you're willing to go all in, you're, you'll never have the love of your life ever ever <laughs> but what if you are being cautious what if whatever you... no you're being selfish commitment issues just means i'm selfish i want to keep my options open i don't want to think about forever i think it'll be better if i just like take it as it comes no you're gonna get less than 100 percent quality in your relationship because you're not putting 100 percent in sorry i have to yell that because so many people don't get that discipline I... commitment commitment okay so people 
So I think you're you're feeling very strongly about this. I am. I'm yelling on the air. Someone says someone with commitment issues may be giving mixed signals, and that's I think what's what's the hardest part in that sort of situation is that you think the person is into you and they give you all that affection, and then they say, "Well, I can't 100% give myself." It's because to you. they're selfish. Oh, I think this conversation could go on for a minute. You're listening to Passion. We're on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. We're talking about commitment issues and what does it really mean? What have you meant when you've told someone that you have commitment issues? And has anyone ever told you that they have a com- commitment issues? And how did you respond? You can text us at 514-800. In studio with me tonight, Davison. She's a content creator. She's a host. She's a media producer. You can connect with her at Davison. Video, D-A-V-I-S-O-N-V-I-D-E-O, Instagram, Facebook, although I don't use that horrible platform. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking about sex in the news with Davison. She's been in studio with me the whole hour. You can connect with her at Davison Video One. Uh, well, Davison Video One on YouTube, but Davison Video everywhere else: Twitter, Instagram, your mother's house. Not your mother's that was, house. That was a joke. Snapchat. Snap. Uh, no, I don't do Snapchat. Okay. Uh, so we are going to talk about. There was so much we still. I wanted to still talk about. It says. Two things. I'm still going to fit it in. Nearly half of millennials would give up sex before giving up Amazon. Does this surprise you? Um, I had, well, so it's 50-50? It says a recent study found that 44% of millennials would give up sex for a year before giving up Amazon. Well, I guess they don't see that. I mean, there's so many opportunities to masturbate online now that we we would rather get home delivery of (laughs) brand new fan, you know? There you go. There, We were talking about uh, dating and having commitment issues and somebody just texted us saying, I have often been accused of being possessive while dating, which I find to be a stupid cop-out statement, which is very immature, stupid, and inconsiderate. People who play games like that obviously need to keep in mind about the word assume and what it truly means. People making that type of cop-out shouldn't even be dating in the first place. I guess they're saying that commitment issues is a cop-out. Thanks again. And that's Dan. So, I found an article from 1958. It's 129 ways to get a husband because that's what was important back then. Mm-hmm. How to get a husband. I don't even, I wonder if we would ever find a Cosmo. I'm sure Cosmo had a headline like that in the 80s. Oh, for still. sure. Even the 90s. So literally, this is a heavy stack of papers. It is. Davison, can you confirm? I can confirm. <laughs> so basically, there's 129 items listed for obvious reasons, I can't get through all of them. But I'm very curious if you guys still agree with any of these. 514-800, if I say something that you're like, absolutely, that's a great way to find a husband. So one, get a dog and walk it. Number two, have your car break down at strategic places. No, that's a great way to get mugged, I'd say. Okay. Uh, this one is great. Attend night school. Take courses men like. What? What are courses men like? Yeah. Computer programming. <laughs> not joking. Entrepreneurship. I'm not joking. <laughs> Number six, read, read the obituaries to find eligible <laughs> widowers. This is I'm, this is not a joke list, by the way. This is an actual list. 
Getting um, them while they're mourning, while they're vulnerable. Uh, Get your claws in, ladies. Two suggestions down is take a bicycle trip through Europe. So if the obituaries don't work... Go to Europe. Become a nurse or an airline stewardess. They have wow. very high marriage rates. What? <laughs> Ask your friends' husbands who the eligible men are in this their is... offices. Seriously, guys, 514-800, do you agree? I would yeah. love your commentary on, on this. Um the no. smacks of the desperation prior to the internet because you had to come up with crafty ways to put yourself in the path of some young buck because you couldn't just fire up Tinder or Bumble and be done with it Number and be disappointed thousand, a thousand times over you swipe. Oh, God, no. But literally, be nice to everyone. They may have an eligible brother or son. Tell your friends that you're interested in getting married. Don't keep it a secret. That could work today. Um, number 19, get lost at a football game. Number 20, don't take a job in a company run largely by women. Oh, I'm screwed. Two, <laughs> two female employees in my company. This, this list is astounding <laughs> because there are a few that are, that, that are legitimate, like telling your, your friends and colleagues that you're single and looking. And there's another one. Number 24, don't be afraid to associate with more attractive girls. They may have some leftovers. Ooh, <laughs> that hurts. I just get a job in a convention bureau, change apartments from time to time. It's stumble when you walk into a room that he's in. I, I Again, this is just because they didn't have the Internet and maybe the, who who wrote this? We don't even know who wrote this. It could have been that. It could be like a 20 year old, you know, young. Well, whoever wrote it, a 20 year old young lady who was inexperienced and, just, and naive and just had to come up with a long, a long list. But the fact that so she was, was reaching printed. on a lot of these points. Don't tell them about yeah. your allergies. Get a sunburn. <laughs> What's your vocabulary? I'm not kidding. This is actually from. A reputable, like, a yeah, publication but, but, back in the day. Do you not follow the news online? Plenty of reputable publications pub published garbage because it's it's like that's the equivalent of clickbait, but in 1958. Okay, so if you're looking for a husband today, what should you do? You should go on dating apps and be honest in your profile and, and use profile pictures that represent you and, and go on a lot of dates that are casual at first like really? coffee dates and 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 don't play games and just you know hang out and see where it goes like just it's a numbers game the more people you meet the likelier you are to find someone that is truly compatible with you but go into each of these you know coffee dates knowing what you want define what you want and then keep looking I and say, be honest, be open, be kind. I still believe in telling your social circle, your circle of friends as well. I think that... I, I don't think my circle of friends could ever match me with anyone. I think I'm a lost cause. Even if I said I was looking, no, nobody's going to find a match for me. I don't believe that. I, believe I feel that. like there are so many people who meet others through their social circle. Oh, no, it I believe it can so happen. I, I just don't think for someone like me that it'll happen that way. But for you, absolutely. We are no different. Well, we're. I don't know. I think you're 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 more emotional and and more. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're different than I am. I think, and you have stronger friendships. I think than I do. I'm a bit of a, a weird loner. Okay, so here's the thing. Whoever you are, and however you define your characteristics, I 
I think that within our social circle, we all have people that are like, you know what? I would love to introduce you to that person. I'd just be afraid of who I'd get introduced to or, okay. or even giving my well, mother the idea that she could commitment. have a choice in t- terms of who I should go on a date with. <laughs> well, well, clearly now we know Davison's fears and commitment issues. No, <laughs> no, I have no commitment issues. I have don't introduce me to low quality matches issues. Somebody just texted, tell her I will marry her. <laughs> Who, 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 what's it, what's it? We don't reveal names on passion. And on that note, somebody... <laughs> it was Paris who texted that. No, it really isn't. There's some, there's a legitimate texter who, who texted in just a moment ago and some, and Hanny who texted me, uh, with compliments. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. And that is the end of it, folks. It's been two weeks. I am so grateful for all of you who stuck by me through the shows. It's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. Um, I want to thank Davison for joining me in studio tonight. You can connect with her at Davison Video everywhere, youtube.com slash Davison Video 1 or davisonvideo.com slash press. Wonderful. Uh, I want to thank you guys for texting in and taking part in the conversation, whether it was yelling back at the radio or texting us tonight. I want to thank Brian Kalisar for getting this show to air. And again, I want to thank Dr. Lori for letting me keep her chair warm uh, while she's away. The privilege is not lost on me. So you've been listening to Passion. You can stay in touch with me through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Paris Mansouri. And on Monday night, it's the Passion View. I'm going to be back with Dr. Lori and her regular panelists. So that's it. News is next. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a great rest of the evening. And remember to fill your life with passion. It might be a sweet talker, but you can't swim in my-